Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, February 11th, 2024. Pastor John Melke. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so they too might share in the joy Jesus won for them. Here's Pastor. Grace, mercy, and peace. All these are yours from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What are some things that are most memorable to you? Is it your graduation from high school or college? Is it your wedding day? Is it your first job? Maybe it's something else. But just imagine the amazement of those disciples, Peter, James, and John, as they witnessed and recalled what happened to them on that holy mountain. They could not forget that great memory. It was etched in their hearts and their minds. We know that when Jesus was transfigured, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And later on, Peter would express in his epistle his remembrance of what happened on that day. When he recorded those words of the Father's voice, this is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And the Apostle John recorded those words for us in the Gospel. We have seen the glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. What a vivid memory they had of that holy mountain scene. Now picture the scene of our text from the Old Testament of Elijah and Elisha. Do you remember that scene? You heard me read earlier. It's something you would ponder and keep in your memory bank for as long as you live. While they were walking and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire came and separated them. So Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha was watching and crying out, My father, my father, Israel's chariot and its charioteers. Then he did not see him anymore. Quite amazing that the Lord God allowed a most magnificent scene come to fruition. We see the angels themselves coming down in the form of a chariot and horsemen and taking Elijah, still alive, to heaven. What a magnificent scene that had to be. And we have it in the pages of Scripture. While we know that when a person dies in faith in Jesus, their soul separates from their body, and the angels carry their souls into heaven, we know that we don't see the chariots, we don't see the horse, but we know it happens, because the Bible says it happens. But I do declare that today, and for the rest of our lives, we remember this truth. We don't have to wait until our soul separates our body to see the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is here. The glory of the Lord is in our hearts. Look at the glory of the Lord as you see it in the pages of Scripture in the story of Elijah and Elisha. But yes, look at the glory of the Lord as we see him in our lives today. Look at the glory of the Lord. If you know your Bibles, you know what happened in the chapter before this, in chapter 1 of 
the second kings. Remember what happened? Elijah was afraid because the enemy was attacking him. And the Lord did what? The Lord sent down fire from heaven and destroyed the sacrifice and the stones and licked up all the water that was around it. And he destroyed the hundred soldiers that were at the top of the hill ready to destroy his prophet. God allowed a miracle to happen in front of Elijah's eyes. And also remember what happened another time when the glory of the Lord shone around him as the Lord gave him the ability as a miracle worker to take some small amount of flour, a little bit of, of oil, and survive with a widow and her son for several months. Elisha, God's chosen prophet to replace Elijah, saw the glory of the Lord and he did not want that to disappear. He wanted to retain that glory of the Lord and his presence. So when those men came to him twice in our text, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and said, Do you not know that today the Lord has taken your master away from you? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. Elisha did not want to see the glory of the Lord disappear in the eyes of Elijah, his prophet. Dear friends, are there times in your life when you do not want to face the inevitable? Is it your doctor's appointment coming up? Is it the fact you know your loved one will not live much longer? Is it the fact that you have to talk to your spouse to say, we need to deal with our marriage, it's breaking up? Is it the parent or the grandparent saying to the child, we need to talk, we don't like who you're associating with, it's your friends, or what you're doing with your life? We don't want to face those problems. We'd rather push them off and say, be quiet, I don't want to deal with it, just like Elisha did not want to deal with the fact that the prophet Elijah would be taken from him that day. So what do you do? Well, despite the fact that the Lord God says he's always with us, we don't always believe that. Despite the fact that the Lord says that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, we often say, no, Lord, my will be done. I don't want to face that trouble. I don't want to face that heartache. I don't want to face that dilemma. I do not want to face the inevitable. And we need to look at the glory of the Lord. We need to look at the glory of the Lord to find a solution to our pain and our misery and our solutions found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So while we are going to face our problems in our lives, whether it's family issues, job issues, health issues, the Lord God says those things are going to happen, but the fact is you still have my glory to be in your life, to get you through these difficult times. They aren't going to go away, not on this side of heaven. But you have the glory of the Lord shining in your heart and your faith in your life. What happened when Elijah left? What happened when he was taken in the whirlwind? He disappeared. Elisha's all alone. Well, Elisha and those three disciples, Peter, James, and John, had the same reaction. They saw the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord was there for them, to guide them and direct them. And when those scary moments come into our lives and we face the inevitable, we need to look at the glory of the Lord. Look at what happened. Look at how our Savior Jesus showed his true glory. He didn't always show it in all its fullness. He sometimes hid his glory because he knew what he had to accomplish. 
the Lord Jesus knew as a little child as he read the Old Testament scriptures that they were mapping out his life to come. As a young man, he's in that temple hearing from the synagogue leaders words that were applied to him. He knew what he would have to do. It was all mapped out in scripture. He knew that he would be the one to suffer pain. The pain would come at the hands of Satan himself who tempted more than once. He knew that he would suffer hardship because his own disciples would betray him and deny him. He knew that he would suffer punishment and pain because he would go to a cross where people would condemn him worthy of death, though he had done nothing wrong. They would declare him guilty as charged, though he had never sinned not a single time with thoughts, words, or actions. This is all mapped out for Jesus. And he could have said to himself, as he's on that mountain with the transfiguration with Moses and Elijah, Peter, James, and John, I'm not going to leave here. It's too good up here. This is, this is awesome. This is great. My glory has been revealed in all its fullness. But if he left that mountain, he knew he'd have to suffer pain and he was willing to go. He knew if he stayed at that mountain, he would enjoy a nice time up there, but we would suffer eternal damnation in hell. So he had to leave that mountain. To go down that mountain to suffer punishment, pain, and death for the sins of the whole world. That's the punishment he was willing to give to us so that we might have life in his name. And oh, what glory he showed. What glory he showed in all his fullness when that glorious day came, that resurrection morning, when he came forth alive, raised himself from the grave, triumphant, victorious, and all his glory shown and revealed to the world. And he let that glory be shown for 40 days as he taught his disciples and many others and made himself aware that he was alive. And then he's willing to ascend into heaven. And he gave us his promise. I am with you always. I'll come back for you and bring you back where I am. So you see that like Elijah and Elisha, we look at the glory of the Lord. We see him in all his glory. And we know that we'll face our difficulties and our struggles in life, whatever they may be. But the Lord promises that he can shine his glory in our hearts and our lives. That's our guaranteed promise from him. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here because the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As surely as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Then fifty men from the sons of the prophets came and stood and watched them from a distance while the two of them were staying at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, folded it together, and struck the water. The water divided to the right and to the left. Then the two of them crossed on dry land. So the two of them went on. They walked together. I wonder what they were talking about. I think we know what they were talking about. They were talking about Jesus. That's what two Christian friends do when they get together. They talk about the life of Jesus. They talk about what Jesus had come to accomplish and completed for us. And then what happens? Ask me, Elijah says, for whatever I can give for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. In other words, let me be the sole possession of your power and your power and might as one of the Lord's servants. Let me be the one who can be the heir of your ministry. And what happened? You have asked for a difficult thing. If you see me taken from you, it will be surely be yours, but if not, then it will not. 
you have to read on beyond our text to see what happens. After Elijah is taken up by the angels into heaven, Elisha takes that cloak, does exactly what Elijah had done, touched the waters of the Jordan, and passed over on dry land. Elisha and his concerns were revealed and taken care of. Just as Elijah was taken care of by the glory of the Lord, so Elisha would have the same benefit and obligation. Remember that story of Elijah? The time when he was wondering if he was the only one left? The king and queen had destroyed all of the Lord's prophets. Even though the Lord had saved 7,000 of Israelites who still believed in the Savior to come, Elijah was sure that he was the only one left. And God took care of him. God blessed him. God took care of him through the glory of the Lord. He did the same thing for Elisha. So I have an assignment for you this week. Go on and read the chapters that follow after chapter 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and up to chapter 8 and beyond. The story of Elisha. It's remarkable what the Lord gave him as a servant to be a powerful miracle worker. He took care of things that were unheard of in those days. He took care of those who were sick and made them well because God gave him the power to do those miracles. He took care of issues of nature. He did some great, marvelous things by God's mighty hand. The Lord showed his glory through Elisha's the prophet. I was doing some study on this text, and I discovered that there's such a relationship from Elisha to Jesus' ministry. You know all the miracles of Jesus that we just talked about that during the season of the Epiphany here. But those miracles of Jesus were very similar to the miracles of Elijah was he able to accomplish. The difference, of course, is Elijah was Elisha was benefiting from God giving him that power. Jesus himself had that power as true God and true man. The glory of the Lord is shining brightly through Elisha and for you as well. You might wonder when you look at all the miracles that God has performed through his prophets, why can't we have that same power? Why do we have to face death? Why do we have to face turmoil? Well, I tell you today that that powerful ability for Elijah, Elisha, and other Old and New Testament people who had the gift from God to have the power to do great miracles pale in comparison to what you have by faith. By the miracle of faith, you have in front of you those words of Jesus to his disciples on an Easter evening. Peace be with you. See my hands and my feet. Stop doubting believe. And by faith you believe in the promise of the resurrected Christ. That came fulfilled on that Easter night as he appeared to his disciples. We just concluded recently the story of Christmas. We gathered around with our family and friends in the Christmas story of a baby born in Bethlehem. You believe that baby was born of a virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, a true miracle. And you believe it by faith. And as we wrap up the epiphany season of this church here, we're jumping into the season of Lent, culminating that cross of crucifixion on Friday that we call a Good Friday, where you see a true miracle take place, where God wipes the slate clean. He rescues us from sin, death, and hell as we see the glory of the Lord. 
my dear friends, one day the angels are going to do the same thing they did for Elijah. They're going to take our souls, separate from our bodies, and take our souls to heaven. That's a guaranteed promise. And we see the glory of the Lord in that gift. And it might happen that you're going to be just like Elijah and Enoch. That you won't have to face death because the Lord will come to judge the living and the dead before we actually face physical death. And what a glorious day that will be. Well, we will be with the Lord forever with resurrected bodies and souls. Yes, the angel of the Lord takes home the believers in Christ, their souls, to heaven when they die. You want proof of that? Listen to the words of Jesus. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. What a comfort that is. Or the words of Stephen. Look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Or the Apostle Paul, longing to leave this earth when he says, I long to be absent from this body and present with the Lord. I assume most of you have experienced the death of a loved one. You stood at the graveside. You shed tears of sorrow and sadness and loss. And in time, those tears turned to tears of joy because you know that your loved one who died in faith, that his or her soul was transported by the angels into heaven. And you know what's going to happen on Judgment Day. We will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. We will walk together as perfect bodies and souls with our Lord in heaven for all eternity, with the angels serving him for eternity. Look at the glory of the Lord. That glory is yours today. Enjoy that glory of the Lord today. You'll see that glory of the Lord fulfilled on the day of the resurrection of all flesh. So in this moment of time, as you remember the words of Elijah and Elisha, as you remember the scene of this holy mountain of transfiguration, remember you are seeing the joy of Jesus. You're seeing the joy of Jesus and his face shining brightly in your heart of faith. You are witnessing the goal of eternity that is yours guaranteed because of Christ Jesus and all he's done for you. There's nothing we can do because all is sin and fall short of the glory of God. We are justified freely by his grace through Christ Jesus our Lord. Enjoy that glory of the Lord now and for eternity. Amen.